you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how's it going today, sir? It's going pretty good. Uh, we are running out of things to do in uh, in our lockdown <laughs> at this point. I have, I have I dyed my daughter's hair purple uh, over the weekend. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to... Uh, kill some time please talking football because uh, uh i've got purple dial over my hands <laughs> did you see the big story out of the uh, indianapolis colts today that michael Pittman doesn't want to give up his number 11 to carson wentz let me be ab- this is the biggest let me be absolutely clear here marcus let me be crystal clear <laughs> 11 is my lucky number 11 is 11 is the number i wore in high school is the number i i wore in all athletics one or 11 is what the number i would wear uh mostly 11 uh, I could not. Michael Pittman's already been drafted by the Colts, but his stock, in my opinion, still rises. Uh, even, <laughs> could not even be now, higher. It still rises. Uh, so yeah, there's nothing better than dunking on Carson Wentz to start a podcast. Yeah, but uh, all right, Landon. Today on this show, we're going to be talking about cornerbacks, and we've already done our preview of. Patrick Sertan, Caleb Farley, J.C. Horn. Uh, we talked about those guys in depth, but we're going to have a, a longer discussion uh, about what type of cornerbacks the Cowboys could be looking for in the 2021 draft. But I want to come back to those top three cornerbacks for a minute because over the weekend, uh, it seems like that's Saturday, Sunday is the time to fire off your hot takes because nobody's on Twitter to see them. <laughs> this is an old strategy used by me. I was going to uh, say. Back in, back, <laughs> well, to be fair, hold on. This is back in 2016. I was getting off my Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott tweets. But I like the strategy. Uh, I saw Jeff Kavanaugh uh, tweeted that J.C. Horn is cornerback. Was it cornerback one for him, I believe? Yes, he said. That's what he ahead said. Ahead of Patrick. Yeah. yeah. Ahead of Patrick Sertan and Caleb Farley. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that, but the conversation I want to have today is how close is J.C. Horn to those other two cornerbacks, and should we consider Horn as a possibility at number 10? Uh, you know, I think that really depends on that's – that's an eye of the beholder thing, I think. You know, I really think that Caleb uh, Farley and Patrick Sertan, um, you know, if, if you're like – if you're a draft site, right, and you're, and you're not drafting for team – Right, and you're just like you're you're uh, just generally creating a board. Like yeah, yeah. like if you're Dane Brugler, right, and and you're just you're not drafting for a specific scheme or anything. You're just trying to rank these guys. I think J.C. Horn is one of those guys that really. Uh, uh, like if you were to set the filters to readjust your board based on schemes, right? 
Mm -hmm. I, I, J.C. Horn, to me, is one of those guys who I feel like would really move the most based depending on exactly what scheme you run, right? Like I, I would agree with I, that. I think, yes. I think Sertan and Farley are uh, are probably in a, in a class by themselves simply because they're probably scheme agnostic to a large degree. And I think that you could probably fit them into anything. And, 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 and I think Farley has work to do and he has, uh, uh, you know, his growth that that's going to need to happen in any system. But I think eventually sure. he could play in yeah. any. I think with J.C. Horn, it's going to be about who's who's viewing right who's looking at this guy um so i i think you know uh i think for the cowboys if if there's a run on cornerbacks early if farley and sertan are gone before uh, uh they pick a 10 i think that jc horn is someone i would still consider at 10 uh if he can't if he can't trade back or if he can't get a, a better value opportunity uh and he gets stuck and and you kind of you know don't really love the other options i think jc horn mm -hmm. is talented enough that it's a reach to be sure but i don't think it's a you know a, a, a monumental reach and i think that you could still get a, a player that's satisfactory to what you want I, I just i don't know that i would universally rank him number one that seems a bit rich to me and, and i also again argue that if you're not looking for the kind of cover one, cover three scheme. If you're looking for, you know, more of a guy who can play all over inside, outside, uh, you know, and be uh, able to cover some of these water bug types and, you know, and just be able to play all the coverages. I don't know that this is your guy, you know, and I don't know that, that, that you want to take him at 10, but for what the Cowboys are doing, what they, what they want to do with their cornerbacks. Uh, I don't feel like it's uh, a huge reach, but I still feel like there is a, maybe small but still existent gap between Sertan Farley and JC Horn yeah so we believe that like Farley and Sertan are like 1A 1B however you decide to rank them and then Horn is 3 or 2 or however you want to say that but yeah I, I do agree I think if the board falls incorrectly for them where Sertan and Farley are gone I would much rather take Horn than taking the best off-the-ball linebacker in this class or reaching for a defensive end. I know you watched uh, one of the Miami guys this weekend or, you know, watching uh, bit, yeah. you know, taking Gregory Rousseau. Uh, I think we can both agree we'd rather have Horn there. So I do think it's close. And, man, there's something about J.C. Horn's the way he plays the game. Right? He's so physical. He's so annoying. That would want it makes me want him, but the inconsistencies from game to game, from snap to snap, and the the how grabby he is makes yeah. me nervous, Lane. And I I just worry that he's one of these players that if he has a bad rookie year, could be just a turn or you know a penalty machine for his entire career. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I and I think a lot of those get assuaded if if you're kind of moving into a cover one three cover cover one cover three team that that's basically expected of you. Yeah. You know? So uh, where where they're not gonna you know teach you not to hold, they're gonna teach you how to hold better. So uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, no, 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 you gotta just do a little bit closer so the ref can't see. Yeah. Know where the ref yeah. is. Know that angle. You know what I'm saying? Like all those things will be uh, you know taught to them how to hold a little bit better. So. Yeah, I, I certainly, I, I you know, I certainly cannot necessarily get behind the the J.C. Horn as cornerback one argument. Uh, you know, really, even if you're like looking at it through the eyes of the scheme that helps him the most, I, I still don't think that that gets him over, uh, you know, uh, Sertan or, or, or Farley. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, again, a really good prospect, and if the Cowboys get stuck at 10, I think he is certainly an option, but would not be my favorite of the three cornerbacks that the team could select in the first round. Uh, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Bet Online. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bet, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, um, I want to talk about these cornerbacks because I think there's this, there's this belief out there I saw on Cowboys Twitter over the last week that with there being so much depth in the cornerback class, wouldn't this team be better off to take, let's say, Rashawn Slater at pick number 10 or even an off-the-ball linebacker, whether it's Micah Parsons or Jeremiah Wusu-Koromora at 10, and then let the depth of the draft help them out and pick a corner at pick number 44? My problem with that, Landon, is we know what type of cornerbacks Will McClay and Dan Quinn are looking for, right? They're looking for these long, uh, athletic corners. And when you really start to go through the names, there's just not a lot of those guys in that second or third round that fit that bill. Uh, so first and foremost, what type of corner are the Cowboys looking for on the outside specifically? And why might it be hard to find that guy in the second and third round? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I... I think the issue is is that some of the guys that you would consider to be your pet cats, um, kind of at that spot, you know, you being kind of general, you, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, don't fit necessarily what they're looking for. I mean, I think there are some guys that you know that can, um, that 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 are there. I mean, I think obviously Fetu Melifonwu is big enough. Uh, I think yes. uh, some of these other guys like Paulson Adebo has got enough size for what you're looking for. He kind of has a skill set to what you're looking for. Yeah, he to me he's not a second round guy. Yeah. we can talk about him later. I mean, that's the thing is that you know it really depends on how you view these guys, right? So like even the guys like uh, you know Eric Stokes, I, you know I I think he's probably borderline right like it really depends like he's so light and i and i don't and i he was one of the guys 185 what'd you say 185 185 185 nfl draft scout has him at 511 and a half 185 see i uh, that's the thing i'm interested in is that i've seen his height listed all over the place so i'm i'm i I, I wish we got combine uh heights for these guys so we'll kind of i guess we'll see kind of you know when they do pro days but uh, and, and to get some arm links on these guys, because you know, uh, there's guys who are clearly good, you know, f- clearing these thresholds like uh, like Belafonwu. Uh, We've already seen that at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, yeah, the Northwestern kid. I haven't watched much of him. Is it uh, Gr- Greg Newsom? Yeah. I I actually like him quite a bit, but he might be a little under their threshold as well. Yeah, I mean, again, like these guys are like I think you're starting to see guys that are closer. I mean, then you guys, then you got guys like Elijah Molden. Like, what are you doing with Elijah Molden? He's super talented. Slot corner. Is he a slot corner? Is like, and, and yeah. he, he certainly probably isn't. Uh, going to make any of the thresholds that this team is looking for, uh, and so and then you you know like some of the other guys that you would consider kind of that air, in that in that area. You, you mentioned uh, Aaron Robinson before we started. He's a guy that a lot of people like. He's he's got some good tape. He had a uh, good day at Senior Bowl, um, but 
you know, it's short, very short. 30, 30 inch arms. Yeah, like you can't, that's not going to work in, in this uh, system. Okay, so. it, well, here's the thing. Why, and people are probably wondering, who, who cares about arm length? Let's just get the best corners out there. Sante Samuel Jr. might be the best corner of that next group. But he's small. Why do we care, Landon, about arm length? Well, because, you know, we needed to switch back to a more simplified system. And if when you get back into a more simplified system, you need pieces that fit, you know, because you're 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 trying to play team defense. You're working together as a unit to to stop the offense. And uh, it's not necessarily about uh, uh, always beating the man in front of you uh, individually, you know, one-on-one. Sometimes it's about beating the, the pass offense to collective as a team. And that means uh, dropping mm-hmm. into zones. That means having long arms and, and speed in order to close passing windows tightly. Um, so, you know, I think you can draft a guy without that same kind of length. But I think the issue is is that the way that these guys play – you know these corners. They they need them to have the kind of uh, uh, length so that they can quickly close windows when the ball's in the air. They can make plays in the football while they are looking at the quarterback. Right? They're not they're not necessarily always going to be uh, staring at the the wide receiver running the route with the wide receiver. There's going to be times when they're going to have their eyes on the quarterback and they they won't be flat footed, but they will be kind of right. soft pedaling right. back back pedaling side saddling. To, depending on the technique. And then they need to click and close and be able to get to a window quickly. And sometimes speed and explosion isn't, isn't enough. You need to have the length uh, to get your arms where they need to go in order to close the windows. And just, you know, having longer players makes a quarterback think twice about throwing some of those uh, tighter window p- p- passes because they can get tipped away. And tip, tip passes obviously clearly lead to interceptions. So, um, you know, I think it's uh, – you know, there was there was a lot of of hand wringing and uh, you know about transitioning to a new kind of pass defense, and everybody immediately wanted to go back to what was comfortable, what we had uh, in 2019. This is what this is, guys. Like you know, I mean, th- that's in order to kind of play that sort of simplified defense where guys can play fast and not have to play you know a bunch of overcomplicated schemes. You need the kind of players that you need in order to run that defense well and it's not always about getting the guy who does the best in one-on-ones in practice you know it Mm. team defense is a large portion of what happens in the nfl and if you can't fit in as a cog to that defense that is running then you're only useful to the defense on (laughs) on on downs where you are covering a guy one-on-one which is not you know which is a it may be a, a, the majority of, of snaps, but it's not all the snaps. And so, you, so you need to you need to be versatile enough that you can play the defense that's called, whether it's cover one, cover three, or something else. So I I wrote down the guys that do hit the thresholds of what I mean, at least from what we know. We don't have any official measurements yet, but uh, the ones that we think will uh, in that second tier, and it's not Asante Samuel, it's not Eric Stokes, and it's not Aaron Robinson. So. If you're using the Draft Network's rankings, those are the next three corners. The Cowboys won't cross them off, but you can basically bet that they're not going to be in consideration in the second round. The next group is Melifonwu, Tyson Campbell, 
And then there's a gap, Landon. Like you're, now you're starting to talk about guys that could go in the third and fourth round with the only guy that I didn't mention uh, being the the Kentucky cornerback, right? The, uh, the, the Kelvin Taylor, right? Or Kelvin Joseph, excuse me. The one that with some off-the-field problems that only played in nine games. I don't know how interested the Cowboys are there. So I, I just – for the people that are that care about like draft sequencing – I get the thought of maybe wanting to draft somebody else at 10, but if it comes down to only you're hoping that two guys fall to you at pick number 44, that's too risky at too important of a position that the Cowboys have a huge need at. You're better off just standing at 10, drafting Patrick Sertan or Caleb Farley and seeing what else is available to you at 44. I don't think I don't think in this case it's worth uh, taking that risk. Do you agree? I mean, I, I think the issue is is more, you know, uh, larger scale than that. I think it's you with this draft class, you can't be certain of anything, you know. No. So no. so take take the known quantity when you can at a position that matters. Yeah, yes. yeah. So uh, and that's why I'm kind of just a lot of this draft strategy. I think we're overthinking it this year. You know, it's we've refined this very, uh, uh, you know, very down to a, a science to a large degree. So many mm-hmm. of us have have these, you know, well-worn um, belief systems that, you know, that we kind of view all these prospects through and, and, and have these kind of team building uh, ideas and, and how ja- draft sequencing should work and working with the flow of the draft. I just think that a lot of that has to be thrown out the window this year. I think I think it, the smart teams will strip it down to, okay, what do we know about each one of these guys, you know, and and just try to eliminate risk. I, I think there will be teams that draft in this class that will uh, swing for the finches that probably will hit on a couple of. There is a possibility that you could have an incredible draft if you're willing to take some risk here. But I think the teams that are going to come out the safest in this in this draft class, uh, or not in the draft class, but in this draft, are the people that r- r- can identify the players that they can get the most information on uh, and take the picks uh, and, and play it safe to a large degree. You have a pick at uh, number 10 overall. You're going to get a good player if you take a player that you know a lot about there are, there are certainly uh, uh there certainly will be someone there that you can take yeah. that, that will yep. be a, a solid pick don't try to project forward into the chaos that is the draft especially this year where you know it will descend into chaos well earlier than it ever has before because the grades on all these guys are going to be so different from all these teams because not we're not all dealing with the same information anymore it's the the disparity between the information that these teams are getting uh is even wider than it has been in the past all right let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll do mock draft monday but before we do that i want to tell you guys about built bar built bar is the best tasting protein bar out there it's hard to even explain it it's real chocolate with amazing flavors and a great combination of low calories high protein and low sugar with no crazy additives Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. All right, Landon, today we are looking at a mock draft from Pro Football Focus, and there's actually two different things I want to touch on here. 
First and foremost, the Cowboys select cornerback uh, Caleb Farley with the number 10 pick. Patrick Sertan was on the board. So if you if you want to take Sertan there over Farley, I get that as well. In this mock, though, Penny Suell falls to number 10 and actually gets past the Dallas Cowboys and goes to the New York Giants at 11. I think I know your answer here. I think you would take Suell if he's there because he's a generational offensive tackle. However, Lynn, I'm going to switch up the scenario a little bit for you. If we get to April and we know for sure that Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins are both healthy and they're ready to go for the 2021 season with absolutely no concerns, would that change your thinking on this pick at all? Uh, You know, I I think it's... It's it's still really hard because even coming back next year, like you know, what does that mean for the long term health? I think it's tough because I mean, you just don't get an opportunity to see nineteen year old dominant offensive tackles like this. And frank, frankly, the last time we saw a guy like this was someone named Tyron Smith. So, um, <sighs> I, yeah, it's tough. It really is. But man, you need corners and. It- Again, if Tyron and Lyle are healthy, that's a top two or three tackle combination in the entire NFL. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time. I love that I, I'm making you think. I have a hard time going away from an elite pick. You know, it, okay. Sewell is that's a guy fine. that's that's maybe the only – I mean, well, outside of wide receiver quarterback, maybe the only elite player, graded player in this draft, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So uh, if he fell to you at 10, it's hard to pass up that kind of value. And, uh, uh, you know, I think that y- you could take him and certainly make the rest fit. I, I, and I think it would f- your offensive line suddenly would become incredible. Uh, obviously, you, you didn't do much to help your defensive uh, your defense there at, at the 10th overall pick. No. Uh, nope. But I guess then again, this is an argument for why you, you you really should make a strong push in free agency on defense. Yes. Because yes. if this happens, you don't want to you don't want to not pick Sewell. Honestly, you're you're being forced to not pick Sewell here, right? Like because right, right. I, I can't imagine a world where Sewell has a lower grade than Caleb Farley or Patrick Chetan, in my opinion. You know. Um, yeah, I would agree. So I, uh, I, I would I would probably go with the, the actual value, and hopefully you set yourself up for success earlier in free agency. Um, I, I listen. I agree. I, it's Penny Sewell. You're not going to pass on him. I have a hard time believing that he gets to number ten. But if he's there, you you say thank you very much, and you figure out the rest later. He's just that good of a prospect. Now, in this mock draft by Pro Football Focus, it's a two round mock. And it's really fascinating to me because let's let's use your same scenario, right? We had the Cowboys taking Penny Sewell at number 10. We get to 44, Landon, and a lot of those cornerbacks that we were just talking about are gone off the board. Tyson Campbell goes to the 49ers. You have Greg Newsom goes to the Texans. Asante Samuel off the board. Uh, Melifonwu off the board. So the best players available for you at that spot are your guy, Richie Grant, which that seems like an easy pick, but there's some other guys there that we really like. Liam Eikenberg, the Notre Dame offensive tackle. Carlos Basham, uh, defensive end from Wake Forest. Uh, Jabril Cox, uh, my linebacker from LSU. Assuming you go offensive tackle at 10, of those guys, where would you go on defense? Give me that list one more time. 
All right, so we have Aline McNeil, the defensive tackle from NC State. Yeah. We have uh, Richie Grant. We have Carlos Basham. We have Liam Eichenberg. Uh, we've got Jabril Cox. So in this scenario, uh, we took, let's say we took Sewell at 10. Is that essentially the idea? Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah, uh, Richie Grant, I think, is is probably so where I So who's playing would... outside corner for you? Uh, uh, Richard Sherman. <laughs> what a, what i mean again this out. is why you know like you should set yourself you gotta up. find somebody yeah you gotta find yeah. some maybe it's for east canada if you're not careful you know so uh yeah i just think that they need to they, they need to figure out if they can find solutions to the position outside of just just the draft i agree you gotta find a stop gap there just in case this exact scenario plays out where suel falls you don't want to feel forced to not take him if you haven't addressed that position but um I, interesting second round i mean there's a lot of guys that i really really like in that range uh between grant and Aliyah mcneil the, no, the north carolina state defensive tackle how close is that one for you is it close at all I mean, I like them both so much as prospects. Uh, uh, I think. How about Basham? Is he close? Is he closer? Basham? No, I, I, I don't love Basham as much as everybody else does. I, I mean, well, that's because you hate that type of defense. I hate that. Can I get it? It's fine. Um, yeah, I would say it's Grant dot dot McNeil dot 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 Basham. Interesting, interesting. I can't wait till we do a, a show on Carlos Basham maybe later next month. That's going to be a lot of fun because I think we might disagree there. But I agree. Richie Grant, if you can get a starting caliber free safety in the second round, it's probably easier to find a cornerback in free agency that's at least average. Uh, I like that. A pretty decent mock, though, for the Cowboys. Yeah. I, I, ultimately, though, end up with Caleb Farley and Ali McNeil. Not bad. I can uh, I can deal with that. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.